0: Welcome to Season 3 of This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley, a podcast about the Bay Area, technology, and culture. I'm your host, Sunil Rajaraman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Yasha Kakis-Wolf. What's happening, Sunil? It's a beautiful day out today. It's a beautiful day and a lot of sick San Franciscans out there. Seriously, how many masks did you see on your way over to the closet? I, uh, I take public transportation every morning uh, to and from and in every evening, and everybody's wearing masks.
1: Really? Everybody. Wow. <laughs> I'm in a car, so I don't really see everybody. But I saw a bunch of people when I was driving down in Barker Arrow this morning that were actually wearing masks. I was kind of surprised.
0: It would be a good time to be in, uh, in shape or as in shape as an NFL player. Um, seriously. Do you know how much oxygen they take in when they're running, like barreling through an offensive line? It, uh it's, it's pretty unbelievable the the level of athlete it takes to, to play professional football, which is why we're so grateful today we had the opportunity to interview Justin Forsett.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that Justin was a cow player. I mean, I think I, I remembered it as we were meeting him, but
0: I had forgotten, like, what an impact he was when he was here in the Bay Area the first time through. Justin was a NFL player. Uh, Pro bowler. Um, he was uh, one of the star running backs at Cal, where he was in the same backfield as Marshawn Lynch, but he's now an entrepreneur and started a company called Hustle and Clean, which is a direct to consumer brand. And he's taking that tenacity and drive and bringing it to the, the business world, which is really incredible. He's also a motivational speaker. I mean, I, I walked away wanting to be a better person after this interview.
1: Yeah, I plus I'll one to that one. I think this is a great discussion. I'm really excited that we get to bring it to everybody.
0: We hope you enjoy, and you'll enjoy this, especially if you're an NFL fan. We got a lot of people in the room today, Sunil. <laughs> yeah, it's another it's another tight four-person fit here. Uh, it's going to get sweaty, I think. I think it is, but I
1: left the lights off, and I did that on purpose.
0: I wish I had some cleaning products to help me with all uh, of oh, oh, the smell. What a plug.
1: <laughs> we got a question for you, Justin. Where, where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town in Florida called
2: Mulberry. It's a town of 3,000 people, um, small community, about two traffic lights. Is that uh, northern
1: Florida, southern Florida?
2: Central, so right by Tampa, uh, in between Tampa and Orlando.
1: Got it. And was that a a part of your life where you look back on fondly?
2: Yes, yes. Um, It kind of really shaped me. Uh, Just a blue-collar community, hard workers. Most people that graduate from high school they go right into the phosphate mining industry, Uh uh, which is big for us down there. And uh, my family, hard workers, friends, cousins, like they they had to get it out of the mud, uh, so to speak. Everybody, nothing was given to anyone in the community you had to work for and earn it. And uh, I kind of, just my work ethic my passions, uh, in life and my drive to get out, uh, started from there.
1: When, uh, when you were thinking about getting out, where were you thinking? Did you ever think California as a young kid? No.
2: No, Um, you know, growing, growing up, uh, like I said, no one really goes out and accomplishes their dreams and goals and aspirations in life in this small town and, um, very humble beginnings for myself, family financially unstable, um, uh, one time, uh, one point in my life, we were homeless, living out of a motel at the edge of town uh, as a 12-year-old kid. And I remember declaring to myself that I don't know how it's going to happen, but my kids will never have to deal with these things that I'm dealing with right now, whether it's you know being homeless, not having a place to go, or uh, taking baths with bottled waters, or um, you know having to do homework by candlelight. And uh, I wanted to make it out. My vision was like football was going to be the way for me. I saw a guy named Barry Sanders on Sunday's play, and I'm like, man, he was a short, small guy, but he was electrifying. I see him watch dazzle crowds on Sundays, and it's was like, this is going to be my way out. This is going to be the vehicle out, and I didn't care where that took me. I just wanted to be out.
0: Yeah. We met a few months ago at, a, at an event where you mm-hmm. talked a lot about your background. It's just interesting for me to hear you say you look back on those days fondly, but you faced a lot of adversity. Like, yeah. How do you... like? How do you look back at it fondly given that it was so tough?
2: Man, um, it really shaped me. I was determined not to allow those things to define me, but refine me. So I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through those bits of adversity. Um, I always say when I'm giving talks uh, is that greatness grows best in the shadows. And what I mean by that is that we don't get our greatest gains when we're at the top of the mountain. We get our greatest gains on our climb to the top. In our pursuit to the top. And it's those moments when we're constantly being stretched and pulled and we have to dig deep within ourselves and pull out things that we didn't even know was there in order to take us to the next level. And there was those moments of brokenness and those moments of frustration and adversity and obstacles that really made me who I am today. The, resili- the resiliency, the grit, the perseverance, it was all formed from those moments of, of, of just challenge um, throughout the early, early stages of my life.
0: This is something I think about a lot. And then we'll, we'll get to the, how you got to the Berkeley thing. But, you know, I, so my, my family, immigrant family, my dad moved to this country in 67 with his family's equivalent of life savings, which was a hundred bucks or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of made it, I haven't had to deal with any of that shit. Right. Like, and so I kind of, I kind of had it much, much easier. And it's just something I think about, like, how do you, how do you think about that? Like, cause I, I'm, I'm asking you for parenting advice. <laughs> how do I instill that in my, in, you know. In the next generation, so that they're they have some appreciation of that. I feel like we're losing that
2: for sure. And I think about it now because my kids are in a whole situa- different situation than I grew up in. But I want to instill, instill in them those values that I've learned along the way, uh, the work ethic uh, that cannot be uh, substituted, you know, by anything. Um, just making them know that they have to earn it and earn, realize that there's value to the dollar. You know, financial literacy um, is important. Those things that I didn't get when I was when I was younger. But also, uh, I can't protect them from everything because those things uh, that I'm trying to protect them from is what kind of made me who I am today. And uh, it makes any. P- person that's successful in life. There's those trials and those obstacles and those ability to bounce back and learn from mistakes. So it's actually me kind of taking my hand off and let them live and uh, kind of trying to teach them along the way.
1: Uh-oh. I think that's a tough thing to do. I've got a 17, a 14, and 11-year-old, and I grew up in a very, very, very um, hard-to-do environment in Oregon. My mom was an immigrant, single mom, like all of the same things that Sunil talked about, we experienced too. And now we've got three kids who we really struggle with how do you create an environment where you do have to care about those details. And it's, um, that's a really big issue, especially in the Bay area right now.
0: Yeah. I hope we're all not getting soft. Um, (laughs) so, uh, so how do you end up in Berkeley? Like, so, you know, you, you obviously become an amazing football player, but why, why Berkeley?
1: Yeah. Can we talk about
2: what the choices you had were? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have any choices. You know, I was coming out, I was undersized, undervalued, I was the underdog, literally. Uh, I was a 5, you know, at that time probably around 5'7", you know, 185 running back, you know, coming from, you know, a small school, which I moved to uh, Arlington, Texas, my junior high school. So I was coming from a small school, and uh, no one thought I could make it anywhere. Mm -hmm. So they were always telling me when I was, you know, college scouts were coming to town, you know, you're too short, you're too small, you're too slow, all these different things. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until after me being rejected from Notre Dame, which I thought, you know, I was going to be there and they offered me a scholarship and then reneged on the, on the offer. And Cal just came out of nowhere and, uh, you know, had an injury in camp in spring camp and said, like, man, we want to offer
0: you a scholarship. So, uh, that was my only choice.
1: Yeah. Your
0: only choice. I, I find that a little hard to believe. Not yeah. even one other school came through and said, well,
2: Abilene Christian said I could walk on.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> if you want to count that. So, that was it. And so you end up here, it's what, early two thousands? Yep. Two thousand four. Two thousand and four. And you you come to California, you come to Berkeley. What is what do you think of Berkeley? What do you think of it? Oh, it's a culture shock. Yeah, describe that first day.
2: Man, it is insane coming to campus. First on my recruiting trip, they really didn't show me all that is Berkeley. Like we didn't we stayed away from telegraph and all those spots down there. We were just going to the dorms and we stayed a lot in the city. Uh, but my first day here, I remember on campus, it was a rainy day outside. I'm walking trying to find one of my uh, classes, and it's a nude protest outside. And I'm talking— that sounds about I'm, right. Yeah, I'm talking 70 to 80-year-old men and women outside, naked. And <laughs> this is like, welcome to Berkeley.
1: <laughs> like It's just like Central Florida. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: it's like Disney World. And do you do you like it? I mean, so that would have been you know right after there was the huge you know whatever there was the first dot com bust. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's different. Then obviously it's changed a lot now. But like, do you like Berkeley or what is it? What's your take? I love Berkeley. Uh, Really challenged me in a lot of different ways
2: um i met my wife here on campus at berkeley she was a student athlete as well some of my best friends my business partners who's sitting here
0: in the room with us yeah. looking, looking at the books
2: <laughs> yeah so I, I mean being able to meet some really cool meet some really cool people along the way um and i always came back here when i was playing in nfl during the offseason and trained here So uh, it's a special place for me, I love it. It's just just too expensive. uh, Did
1: you ever think about uh, the Bay Area when you were here or was it very, as a Berkeley student living in Berkeley, was it just about that area?
2: Man, it was, at that time, um, it was Bay Area for sure. I mean, the culture, the music, the the dialect, the, all of it was just like, uh, it, it was like consuming everywhere you went. Um, and you just instantly became a part of it. Like, you know, so when I went back home during the summer and, you know, I'm, you know, quoting Mac Dre or, you know, singing lyrics here from the, the Oakland music scene and, you know, using the the vernacular of the uh, Oakland community. I mean, guys were looking at me crazy when I went back home. But uh, it's
1: definitely a part of me. You're a soft West Coaster now.
2: <laughs> are you a, are you a Zachary's guy? Oh, Man, I was a fat slice and brandies guy. I didn't get uh, Zacharys until after. Uh, I think that's an expensive. Is that a more expensive? So I was going for the dollar pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. College.
0: Uh, La Burrita.
2: La Burita, Burita. Another spot. Yes, top doll. Steve's Korean.
0: Shout yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so okay, so you're going through this time at Berkeley, and you you have your experience as a football player. You have an experience. You have an experience as just a new California person. So, on the football field. You're in the same backfield as Marshawn Lynch during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that like? And what were your teammates like? What was the whole experience of being a football player at Berkeley like?
2: Uh, It was great. Uh, It was so diverse. Um, I got a chance to meet people from different walks of life, different belief systems. Um, It was truly eye-opening for me. That's been really a person that was really sheltered for most of my life, being in the South, being in that Bible Belt uh, of the country and coming here and just being open to so many different walks of life and people, cultures, and uh, that the locker room just displayed that uh, to the nth degree and uh, meeting people like from, you know, Samoa, uh, you know, people from, um, New York, you know, California, and then knowing that there's a difference between Northern California and Southern California. And then there's also this part called the Valley where you're in like in Fresno and this like things that I didn't even know about. And then they all talk different. They all listen to different, you know, styles of music and things like that. So uh, it was really cool. Like I said, Marshawn Lynch, was, we were roommates together. We were both freshmen at the same time. That must have been wild. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy. Uh, we came in together uh, very much what you see him today. He was like as that, uh 17 year old kid, but actually more mature. I mean, I've been extremely impressed uh, with the way he's grown over the years and how he handles his business um, on and off the field. So,
0: are you still like on a Berkeley text thread where you just like keep in touch with them or yeah, what's we, that?
2: We literally almost talk every day. So, yeah, we're definitely very close. He was a groomsman at my wedding. Uh, he and my wife are very close. We got the same, like, really close close group of people that we, we talk to on a regular basis. So, uh, he's a good friend of mine.
0: What, um, what point do you, do you know, Hey, I have the talent to make the NFL. Like I'm, I'm doing this, I'm going all the way because you're, you know, you're 18 when you show up, right. Or, or mm-hmm. you yep. transferred. And, uh, um, what, like, what, when, when does it click that you're, you're going to go all the way you, you can make it?
2: Well, my test was going to be here. Uh, my freshman year to see if i could really make it and see if my skill set was on par with everyone else because i came from such a small place and uh, my talent was just kind of above everyone else's for the most part and uh, when i got here and realized like man i can play with the big boys and you know i'm playing i'm getting playing time as a true freshman uh, which is a feat within itself and then you know this is at the time aaron Rodgers is our quarterback we're the number 11 team in the country uh, my my freshman year and uh, things are going really well. I think we only lost one game, excuse me, Uh, during that year uh, and on our way to a Rose Bowl uh, before we got robbed and uh, (laughs) we were number four in the country. So the football scene was amazing. Berkeley was jumping, people, the games were being sold out. Uh, I mean, everywhere we went, people knew we had billboards up. It was a really cool uh, experience and for me to play and be on the field on that time. I was like, okay, I have what it takes to to get to the next level. I just need opportunity.
1: Did you care about the NFL and the local NFL team and our teams in the Bay Area when you were at Berkeley?
2: No, I didn't. Uh, the Niners and the Raiders. I can't remember. I don't think they were very good at the, that time. I think the Warriors were really starting to get, you know, what we see today. You know, Baron Davis. Steven Jackson, I want to say, Delante West was there. That was that when we were starting to become the Roracle. Things was really starting booming over there. But the football scene, as far as the NFL, like I was still at that point a Cowboys fan and uh, just focused very much on uh, Cal football.
1: A Cowboys fan. Still a Cowboys fan? No.
2: No, even though I live in Dallas, I can't stand uh, the <laughs> Cowboys now. Uh, just playing them a lot. They're fans. Oh, man, they're probably some of the worst fans in the country.
0: <laughs> Uh, they're so finicky. I went to high school in Cleveland. I'm a I'm a Browns guy. Uh, oh, so it's I'm sorry uh, to hear that. Uh, yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's, been, it's been it's been miserable um, for for a long time there. Um, but I, I do like the the fans. My first football experience in Cleveland was in the dog pound at the old Cleveland Muni Ooh. against the Steelers. Yes. Steelers fan shows up to the dog pound and gets just a full beer thrown at him. Mm. Last bottle. is pretty bad. Yeah, that sounds like uh, Cleveland. It's a great uh, experience, experience as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, OK, so you're, you're, you make this, you know, leap in your mind that you're going to you're going to make it. You can go all the way. Um, but meanwhile, like how's life going in Berkeley at this time? I mean, is it is the experience of being a football player in Bur i mean it's just got to be different right i mean you're a football player at ohio state or in ann arbor or whatever it's it's just a different experience like what yeah. what's the berkeley experience like
2: well when you say you're a student athlete you're really a student athlete like you're not you're not only competing on the football field but you're competing in the classroom it's highly competitive a lot of smart people um from you know everywhere that are in these class and you know um you know Football, so some of these professors was just like, man, like you almost like don't belong here. So you had to really kind of prove yourself, let them know that you were in here to trying to really learn and um, try to do your best. And you're not going to rely on you just being some star football player. So uh, so the experience was pretty, it was pretty cool. Like I said, I got a lot of to meet a lot of different people, uh, some really great mentors. Um, I had some really good coaches that really poured into my life that I'm still in contact with today. I met my wife um, my freshman year, uh, you know, just in our study, a student, uh, Cesar Chavez Student Learning Center. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday. And uh, it was just a really, really cool scene, laid back, chill. Uh, We didn't venture much off over here into the city unless it was some type of special occasion. Um, I did, uh, for at least three years of my career uh, at Cal, I was a bouncer at some of the clubs here. In, oh which uh, San one San Francisco, man, what were the clubs that we were bouncing? I'm trying to remember. I know uh we would do a lot of parties Shaw Security was the name of the company uh a lot of the frat parties, but then on Broadway, I'm trying to think of the names of the companies uh of the the clubs that we would I can't remember it was all a blur, but I remember a lot of uh uh nights, long nights overnights where Get to rough people up. I wasn't. I had one of my guys uh, who was actually uh, all pro center for the Falcons now, Alex Mack. He was the muscle, so I was just the guy. I was checking IDs, anything pop off. Um, I was there. Actually, I did have to. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. But the Wu Tang Clan, they were here performing. I was the security, and one of the whoever ever was over the venue, um, they were they were, they thought Wu Tang was getting a little too rowdy, and. I'm the only black guy on the security, so they're like, "Okay, can I you guess some <laughs> yeah, of course. Something that you could could you please go and help us get them off the tables?" And I remember just going over there, and it's like, "Hey, man, okay. you know, you know, this is my part-time job. I ain't causing <laughs> no no stress or right whatnot. You know, I'm going to school, playing football, but they need you all to get off the tables, man. Can you help? Can you help her brother out?" and uh so they got off the tables i think shortly after they got back on but
0: uh i did my job uh that that's night. amazing that's a, that's a good story i'm sure that yeah that's a, that's a good one
1: so as you're in the nfl and you're uh, you went to a few different teams mm-hmm. did you you moved to the cities did you ever feel like it was home for you ever
0: um
2: so seattle was my longest stint um being up there for four years. that well, You didn't hit the eight-year mark, so you didn't beat the Seattle freeze. <laughs> no. I, what I should have done, because in I was drafted, is I regret not buying property uh, up there <laughs> yeah. in that area because it would have been worth a lot of money. Uh, but uh, Seattle felt like home. Baltimore I loved. It was a great place uh, for me. Three years there, my best years there. And being in Houston, Houston uh, felt right because I was in Texas uh, my last two years in high school. Um, but a lot of great, a dif- lot of great cities. I mean, it's it's tough picking up and b- bouncing around, taking your family from location to location. Yeah. But to be in places like Denver, Seattle, Baltimore, uh, Detroit, um, you know, Houston, those are Indianapolis. It was some really cool cities uh, and, and build up some really cool relationships uh, along the way. So, I am like the Kevin Bacon of the NFL. So,
1: I've it's just six <laughs> degrees of separation
0: for me and any player you know. Obviously. I think that's a better career to have is like just get to get to know all of these cities. There's, there's some good NBA guys that are that are like that now. The journeyman, I love those careers. Like, like uh, Rudy Gay, I like him, he's one of my favorite oh, yeah. players. Good, good swingman. He's just been in. A lot of different cities now i think
2: yeah it, uh, it has its benefits but if i could do it you know you would like to have like one of these you know tom brady you know uh stay there forever stay there forever and you know build a you know a life and a community and it's it's tough when you bounce around you're just kind of starting all over again that process of starting all over again and, you know uh it's tough but uh but for sure there's some benefits
0: All right. For this portion of the pod, I'm going to do a little deep dive of the NFL. So uh, Uh I'm a big sports. I'm a big sports fan. And so for for, you know, fast forward by five minutes, if you're not into this, but (laughs) high point and low point of NFL career.
2: Mm. Low point. Jacksonville, 2013. It was a year filled with a lot of promise and hope for me. I just signed my biggest contract to date uh, with them. I was my sixth year in NFL, 28 years old. Uh, I was going there as a package deal, like me, and uh, they sold it to me. The GM and the office coordinator, like you, Morris Jones-Drew, who's another Bay Area guy from De La Salle over there in Walnut Creek, and uh, we're going to be together. Was kind of going to make this small. He's a short guy too, so he's yep. shorter than me actually. He was so great. It was going to be like this, uh, you know, a group of you know dynamite in the backfield um, with us and with, with us running it. And I got there. I was filled with demotion, rejection, uh injuries, you name it, I dealt with it. And I didn't think I would be able to play again after I got cut there from the the Jaguars. Um I was fired that time. It was my third time in the NFL being fired. And I'm like, man, if I can't play for the Jaguars, I mean, who can't that? I mean start that team that is shot? just <laughs> sounds
0: dysfunctional, right? Like yeah. they've just had all sorts of all sorts of issues, right? Like in their duty. Blake. I mean, drafting Blake Bortles, snapping mm-hmm. the guy, and now the overpaying foals. I mean, they're just <laughs> they're messed up. And then yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
2: It was uh, it was a dark moment for me and kind of really kind of shift my perspective on what I wanted to do and who I wanted to become um, if football was over. Uh, but th- high point was the following year. Excuse me. I go to Baltimore and I go to the Pro Bowl and I sign my biggest contract today. We able to take care of my family. And I'm a top 100 player, top five rusher in the league, and things are going on great. And my my whole dream was to be make it to a Pro Bowl, and that Pro Bowl I, in my mind was going to be in Hawaii, but it ended up being in Scottsdale that year. They were testing it, <laughs> testing the the domestic market, and uh, for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, but it was great. It was that experience walking out, uh, running out of that tunnel as a pro bowl running back representing the baltimore ravens in scottsdale arizona um after being in the lowest point of my career and in my life at that time um you know in jacksonville the year before to have that complete turnaround Darn. was uh was pretty amazing
1: who's your uh, favorite offensive lineman that you ever played with
2: mm, favorite offensive lineman marshall yonda uh who's the officer guard for uh the baltimore ravens he is uh probably shoot fire Hall of Famer. Um, but I play with a number of great offensive line. Walter Jones is a Hall of Famer right now up yeah. in Seattle. But uh, Marshall was my guy. He was just a nasty, yeah. nasty lineman.
0: Going down, going down that path a little bit more, three players that just don't get mentioned often that are like, wow. You know, when the players talk about the real guys in the league, any position hmm. who you're like, okay, yeah, no, this, this, this guy is really good, just does not get the love from the media.
2: Uh, Theo Riddick in Detroit, a su- super amazing, gifted running back. That he's just in a, he was in a market for a long time in Detroit where they were just terrible and they didn't really know how to use him. Uh, but he was super gifted. Um, I'm gonna try to f- f- see uh, Kaleche Simile. He's an offensive of lineman. Uh, he was with the Raiders for a bit. Uh, he had some injuries to the end of his career, but just nasty. One of the most physical offensive linemen that I ever came across. Even with some of those top guys I named that mm-hmm. were Hall of Famers, that he just had a nasty streak about him. He was mean uh, and he protected his guys. Like if anybody messed with me, you had to go through Ko, is what we called him. Um, so he was one, um, and I would say. His his career was cut short, but Javet Best, who's another Cal guy, uh, he went to the Lions. But this guy was special, man. Um, he was uh, when I was a senior, he was a freshman at Cal, and then to see him get drafted, I think it was the first round by the Detroit Lions, and the things that he did those first two years before he had the concussion uh, stuff come. I through. was going to
0: say he took one of the hardest hits I've ever seen on the football field. Yeah. It was a Ber- it was a Cal game, yeah, Cal versus Oregon State, and he was it was a it was an end zone dive. Yep,
1: uh landed on his head. It was tough.
0: That was mm.
1: is the um is the NFL good for players? Oh man. Such a layered uh
2: question. Um so they're trying to get better in taking care of the players. Um there's some cognitive dissonance going on right now because they want to take care of the players in the brain and and their, you know, mental, physical health, but they also want to add games. Mm-hmm. And um you know, so I, it's getting better. Um, I don't know. By the time my kids grow up, it's going to be the same type of game. Um, but uh, I think they're making some strides. Yeah.
1: If um, if you could go back to your first year in the NFL and tell yourself something that you would value now as somebody who's retired from the NFL, what would that be? Hmm.
2: Something I would tell myself, this 23-year-old kid. uh hold on, like, hold on, just keep the faith, man, because you're going to go through a lot. There are a lot of people that are going to doubt you, criticize you, tell you what you can't do, place you in this box. Just hold on and keep believing in yourself.
1: That's what I would say. That's good advice. <laughs> you, uh, you do motivational speaking? I do.
0: You do. <laughs> I uh, do. This guy's here in a little. Yeah, bit. He's, he's, he's good. He's good. <laughs> all right, we'll we'll do one or two more of these and then I will I'll talk to you about NFL stuff at dinner later or something. But okay. uh but I don't I don't want to bore you cuz you probably get asked all these questions, but I got to ask a Niners question, you know, because uh-huh. we got a big Bay Area, San Francisco following. They almost made it all the way here. Yeah. Is Jimmy G your guy to take it all the way? <laughs> is he can he do it or is it or do you switch it up?
2: I mean, I think he can do it. If Trent Dilfer can do it, he can do it. Brad Johnson. Uh Brad Johnson, <laughs> you name it. It's been done before without having one of these, you know, elite quarterbacks. Um I think with their run game, they have it. Like you have a strong defense and run game. That's how you win championships. Now, at the end of the day, you got to make sure the coaches are calling the players that are going to put you in the best position Why possible. Why didn't they run the ball? That was <laughs> man, unbelievable. Sometimes we get too cute, you know. We get too cute, and we outthink ourselves, you know. When we you just know what works, go with it. Like uh, Herman Boone uh, from the Remember the Titans, you uh, know, the yeah, coach, yeah. man. Just run the same thing It's like Came, man. Over time, it's just going to work, you know. And they went away from what was, what's been working for them
0: yeah it was uh it was it was heartbreaking for a lot of folks here i'm not i'm, I'm a browns than, guy it's nothing like, better than
1: killing momentum like there's nothing better than killing your own momentum yeah, yeah that was crazy
0: so look you're at the peak of uh, of where it's at i mean with professional sports just you know a few years back you're you're doing all this stuff i mean the nfl is the pinnacle for a lot of people and then mm-hmm. you know and just like in other professions whatever the pinnacle is and then and then for a lot of people, there is no second chapter. There's nothing after that, but you you've gone a different route, and so mm-hmm. you've seen some of the entrepreneurship stuff here. You started your your own company. Tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that. How long after your career in a, in the NFL did that start?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I would like to say that we all have a second chapter, whether that chapter is a good chapter or a bad chapter. Uh, you know, it's dependent on us. I think you know there was a study done about. Eight years ago now, uh, the Sports Illustrated said, you know, two years after NFL players are re- done with football, they're either bankrupt, divorced, or depressed. Mm-hmm. And I saw that in the middle of my career when that statistic came out. And then they had this whole 30 for 30 going broke uh, documentary on ESPN with players. And it was really eye opening because, you know, we're still so young. I retired at 32, there's a lot of life to live. Um, and I saw guys like Magic Johnson, Roger Starback on Dallas, uh, Michael Strahan, people that really transition well, used their platform to really kind of, in sports to propel them to the next phase of life. And I wanted to be in that number. Um, I didn't wanna be one of those guys that was struggling and my identity was solely on football and I wanna look back and tell old football stories my entire life. Like I wanted to do something. I wanted to create uh, change within my community I wanted to create jobs because as an athlete, an entertainer, what have you, we get re- pulled on so many different directions. like, man, people want something from you. And at a time, I had to learn to say no, but I wanted to still help. And the old adage where, you know, it's better to teach someone to fish than to give them the fish. And I wanted to be able to teach people to fish. And the best way for me to do that was become an entrepreneur. My, my dad was an entrepreneur. We had a restaurant growing up and I knew that life and the work ethic that it took, and uh, I love to create. I feel like I was just built to create, and I had the passion for it, and we started this business, um, you know, uh, when I was part of my third year in the NFL, and uh, I just wanted more. I knew I was more than an athlete, and uh, I was going to do whatever it took to make sure that I wasn't going to fall and be another statistic.
1: Can you tell us about the business?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we are Hustle Clean. So it's a performance hygiene brand that enables the everyday athlete or fitness enthusiast to do more and be more without compromise. So it's all in personal care. So we we like to say we're the Gatorade of hygiene. So we started off with our disposable washcloth, antibacterial towel that removes sweat, dirt, and body odor from uh, whether you need uh, – the uh, uh clean up after workouts or camping hiking sessions long flight uh overnight flight uh it's we're there for you with that product the body wipe uh for when a shower is optimal but not possible
1: Where, where's the idea for that come from
2: man in the shower in, in, in the, <laughs> you can't <laughs> in the shower, shower. <laughs> so in the locker room so uh our our line shower pill was formed from a joke within the sports world. So in the locker room or in the sports environment, there's pills for everything, all these different type of supplements, but no pills for a shower. So when a guy skipped out on the shower, he said, man, I took a shower pill, bro, don't judge me. <laughs> so we took that joke, uh, which really wasn't laughing matter because guys were catching like staff and ringworm and really nasty infections <laughs> inside of a locker room because it was a gross place. And at times, just because of our schedules, we didn't have an opening to shower until hours after practice. And we're just sitting around in this sweat and bacteria that's not good for us. So we wanted to come up with a solution. And uh, so we came and decided that we're going to be the solution and form
1: this company. That's a great story.
0: What do you think of, and so you're here now, you're based in Dallas, Uh you're kind of going around, you're doing the Silicon Valley, kind of, you know, meeting some investors, meeting people Mm -hmm. like that. What's your honest take on this place? Like when you're, when you're here, what do you think of this place? What do you think of the people? The people are cool. Uh, I just, I hate the whole circus
2: of raising capital, venture capital. It's just, I don't know what people are looking for these days. Like, it's still being a minority-owned business. It's still less than 2% of black and, black and brown businesses, led businesses that are getting funded. And there are ideas out there, and we have some of the most... the the strongest buying power in the country and we're being overlooked when it comes to raising capital. And for whatever reason, we have these panels, we have these summits, we have these programs, but no one is actually out there really walking the walk and say, hey man, we're going to take a chance and try to help grow these businesses or invest in these businesses. And that part um, is a little frustrating and disheartening, but it just only adds more fuel to the fire because I liken it to those times growing up when they were telling me I was too short and too small and too slow to play football. But now I, you know, you're not smart enough. Uh, You don't have enough experience. Um, you're, uh, we don't think that your, uh, your community that you're serving is big enough.
0: Um, it's like going versus a defensive lineman versus going against a middle-aged white man in a, uh, Office on the same hill road. <laughs> so, so, so it was equally daunting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, jj Watt or you know Ben Horowitz. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, but it's it's been a great journey. It's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, but most rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, made a lot of great people along the way. Some people that are really authentic and genuine, nice people that want to help and serve. Um, I have some really good people on my team. Uh, one of the guys, Eric Ryan, who's uh, the founder of Method and Ali, who's an investor in the business. Uh. But from day one, whether outside of capital, which he did invest in our business, but he was just there like, man, I understand your concept. I like it. And I want to help you. I want to see you do well. And he was just like, man, whatever you need, introductions or what have you, I'm there for you. And that means a lot to an entrepreneur that's fighting this fight day in and day out. And, And, you know, in this world where there's people just looking for opportunity just to take and not give. And uh, he was one of them. So there are a lot of people like out there like him that have really been, you know, great uh, for introductions. Sunil's been awesome, too, um, just helping He's out. He's pretty good like that. Yeah. I mean, he knows everybody. It, Literally say, everybody. Yeah. Oh. So it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. yes. He's blushing. He's yeah, yeah, really blushing. Yeah, there's a lot of people that wouldn't go out, go out of their way to help you and to find those people out here that gets a bad rap, you know, honestly, yeah. in the country. And there's some businesses or uh, VC firms that's, built off of saying like i am anti-silicon valley yeah and uh, to find people like sunil and eric and Moise, who we know uh from native it's like man we just want to help and serve uh that's refreshing
1: yeah do you see that more here or do you see that more in houston or dallas uh, houston oh, Houston, that's, where, you're, that's dallas. where you live
2: dallas yeah yeah so uh, it's all the same to me but yeah, yeah, like it's texas we're, is just gigantic yeah, we're four hours away uh, yeah. we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Hey, so that's like oakland it's like oakland la is the same like you come there man you might get hogtied um uh, but it's uh it's i've been seeing it spots here but more so east coast down south there are a little more mm-hmm. people that just seem more inviting to serve but it's all i mean everybody wants something yeah. um you know if you're in this world um, it's cutthroat business, not unlike, you know, the business of football. So you just got to be aware, be wise, discerning, make sure you're partnering with the right people. Um, do your own due diligence beforehand before you're meeting, connecting with people mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be fine.
0: What's the I, I asked you this on the walk over here, but mm-hmm. what's harder uh, being a pro athlete or doing this?
2: They all have their all their own battles and struggles. Uh, this takes more man hours. Uh, just for me, I had off days uh, as an NFL player. There are no off days as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Monday through Sunday. I, I'm doing something for the business, whether I'm uh, my mind is on the business, whether, you know, unfortunately, when I'm out with the wife on a date night, we're talking about, like, a, you know, what's my schedule like for this week? Where are you flying to this way this week, babe, Or uh, uh, in church? And I was like, oh, man, well man, this would be a great, uh, you know, consumer to go after. Like, I'm thinking about all these different uh, places that we could go, and it's just nonstop. It's never-ending. And I'm kind of addicted to it at this point, unfortunately. I think
0: think you should partner. Have you already done this? I have an idea for you. Have you partnered with, like, Orange Theory and Rumble and all these places to distribute? Stay tuned. Oh, all right. Okay, okay. Okay. I (laughs) was like a top influencer with Orange Theory. I'm an Orange Theory guy. (laughs) I love Orange Theory.
1: We're kind of getting close to the end of the hours. So I want to prep you on a question that we want to ask okay. so you can think about it a little bit, and I'm sure Sunil wants to poke on a couple other areas too. Um, we want to make sure you've got a little time to think about the social networks that you spend your time on and who you think would be a good follow for the listeners. So you don't have to answer yet. Just want to make sure you think about it. Okay. Uh,
0: and we'll yeah. And part question. of the reason for the hurry, Yasha is going to get murdered if he doesn't get home by seven to his wife tonight, apparently.
1: To my son, who is oh, in a, like a district-wide choir thing. That like By the way, our kids show up. Kids are amazing sometimes. Oh, yeah. Maybe not nice. all the time, but sometimes yeah. really. Uh, nobody knew that he liked to sing. And he never talked about it and one day he just comes home from school and he's like uh mom dad i uh, i'm one of three kids in our entire district that's doing a show in front of the entire district and i'm singing and we're like our, our older daughter, younger of the older da- uh, daughters, looked at him and she's like, you sing? And he's like, yeah, I sing. And we're like, oh, okay. We so that's tonight. That. So I will get fired from my oh, family. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, you got to get to that.
0: <laughs> I have I have a question about, so we had this the, this exchange on message or whatever the other day about, you know, you had your restaurant in San Francisco that you used to go to as a player. Oh, yeah. What, what was it called? Crustaceans. Crustaceans. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've never been it's there. Great. All right. So- Give us some insider. You know, you're on the road. You're on the road a lot as a player. Mm-hmm. What are, like, just a couple restaurants in, in the mm. Bay Area that are, like, okay, you know, these are the ones. The, the, like, when, when I'm traveling as a as a raven.
2: In the Bay Area, crustaceans is definitely number one. Um, amazing if you're into, like, uh, garlic noodles, uh, crab, prawns. Uh, that is a great place to go. Um... Let's see here in the Bay. See, I'm I was mostly on the East Bay, you know, my time here, especially being in college. So, anything over on Cal side, uh, Steve's Korean, Top Dog. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other places that IBS was a great place. Bar- oh, Barney's Burgers. Oh, uh, the burgers, Barney's, one of the best burgers in the country.
1: Is the, are you reading off a list?
2: Huh.
0: No <laughs> Barney's burgers. Oh. Man, where? With
2: their shake and their spicy curly fries.
1: Oh. Well, I don't know.
0: I might go, I might go there later. You gotta um, go. Uh, an NFL team traveling on the road. Mm-hmm. You go, you, you all stay at a hotel or whatever. What yeah. what's that experience like? Like do you get assigned roommates? Do you do you have like curfew? Like what's that experience like?
2: Okay, yeah. So if we're traveling out here, Sam playing with the Ravens flying out to San Francisco or playing Oakland land in the, uh, the airport we get police escort um, to the hotel so we're there normally maybe 20 30 minutes then you have time to eat we also have food option at the uh, at the hotel um, some guys go out to eat especially if you're here you got to go to crustaceans <laughs> and uh, you got to be back for meetings at eight o'clock eight o'clock to about Ten o'clock, uh, you're in. Just like going over, just plays, watching film, just shortening up all of the things that you went over all the, throughout the week, and then um, you have curfew around 11 o'clock. So you got some time in there. We have a great snack, uh, uh, which is a very, it's like very unhealthy. Uh, <laughs> like anything that you can imagine is unhealthy that you wouldn't eat before a game: chicken wings, French fries ice cream milkshakes cakes you name it uh that's what we had before a game and then we wake up on
0: sunday morning around eight o'clock uh and get ready to play getting like a whole team of players to do that feels like impossible like how do you get
2: <laughs> the logistics if on you night.
0: can do that you know you can you can start like starting a company must be the easiest thing. Nah. In the world. <laughs> yeah
2: i mean yeah hurting uh you know 70 men on. Uh, um, on the weekend to, to play a game and make sure that they're on curfew
0: and, you know, behaving is the task.
1: How are you doing with your kids, you know, you're pretty good with it, keeping them on track and
0: I haven't I mean, seven and four. Like, what do I need to keep on track? The, uh, <laughs> just the older one, like I was telling these guys earlier, had a little bit of flu or something. The last few nights have not been good on sleep. <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, where do you spend your time online?
2: man instagram mm-hmm. uh i'm on there a lot actually just drop every uh wednesday i do midweek motivation uh-huh. uh so uh i'm on there quite a bit twitter is where my biggest following is so i check in on there especially i like the live tweet yeah. uh shows and whatnot uh shout out to homeland that just came out back <laughs> on uh this nice. weekend good taste uh, uh, but but yeah i'm on those super- I'm and linkedin too i do a lot of linkedin for yeah. the business
1: so, so here's our, our closing questions, um, question singular. Uh-huh. On those networks, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, who are the follows that you think are the ones that everybody should know about?
2: Moise, Mois Ali from Native, he is dropping gems and is super underrated. He not he doesn't have a, a huge following right now, but he's coming for a lot of people. Like I just think he's like the next wave of this entrepreneur that can go on the speaking circuit, mm. and especially within the CPG space. He's like Gary V. Yeah, yeah, he's coming from, He we was saying, my partner was just saying, he's coming for Gary V.'s head. you yeah. he better watch out. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but he's a he's a great follow. Gary V. a great follow too. Uh, if you if you can stand the yelling at, uh, yelling being yelled at uh, every day. Um, not a Gary Vee guy. Yeah, <laughs> you oh, Vee. this has come guy. up before. I'm not a Gary Vee guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just <laughs> gotta do in, in moderation with Gary Vee Um, is a great follow. But Diddy, Diddy is a great follow. Um, uh, I love him just as an entrepreneur. There's another guy that started in one space and then kind of really used that uh, place in music to kind of propel him into to this, you know, this business mogul. Um, is a great, great follow. So uh, those guys are really inspiring uh,
0: to me. Cool. Uh, and then sub question, NFL, NFL follows or like sports follows in general. Like who, who of the people that you keep up on from, you know, playing days or after are you like, wow, this person is, this person's going to, how about this? How, this person's going to have an amazing second chapter.
2: Richard Sherman, um, for sure. Uh, I played with him early when he came into, uh, Seattle. Um, still in contact with him today. He's just very entertaining. He has a lot to say. He doesn't hold back. Yeah. So that's a good follow uh who else marshawn lynch is always a good follow never know what he's up to uh his second chapter uh when he does that over again he's probably only like this fourth chapter uh <laughs> going back and forth but he's a great follow i want to say who else in the football world or outside of football world? yeah any, any paul any. rabel if you just like want to see an athlete that is doing it uh, at a high level he started the pll which is the premier lacrosse league mm-hmm. the professional lacrosse and uh, which is the fastest growing sport in the country uh, right now? Um, he's just doing some amazing things with that league um, and with that space. Like really, being a player and being the CEO of the league—that's pretty impressive.
1: Last, last question. Uh, next year, who wins the Pac-12? Ooh, football. Cal, of course, of course. I can't say anything else. <laughs>
2: Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Come on, man. Uh, big, big trust.
0: <laughs> big trust. The he's really, he's really good. Uh, people are kind of like hopping on that negative bandwagon with him, but he's like oh, yeah. second year in the league, right? Or S- second year in the league.
2: He's got kind of maybe like three, four losses. Um uh, It's pretty Damn. impressive to me. All
0: right, we could go on for hours, but uh Wally looks like he, he needs to get out of this room, otherwise <laughs> he's going to he's gonna he's gonna be sweating bullets here pretty soon. hey this has been great thank you for spending time with us today thanks Justin oh, thank you for having me. appreciate it hey Yasha what's happening so wow I mean that was a that was a wide wide uh range of topics that we covered there but amongst them I mean we talked about diversity in technology and investment we talked about the NFL we talked about um, you know motivational speaking we talked about somebody who came from a background that you know we don't traditionally see in in Silicon Valley. Yeah, I, I really appreciated the point of view that he shared around how sometimes when things
1: are really, really, really tough, when you reflect back on them, they don't have to be scars, but they're actually the things that
0: are most motivating and exciting, and maybe that that you appreciate the most. Just such a likable person and uh, I'm rooting for him to to succeed because I think he's going to make a huge impact on the world, not just in this company, but uh, whatever else he does. Yeah, I totally agree with you.
1: Hey, today was a fun episode. And if you found this episode on one of the podcast listening platforms like Spotify or on Apple Music or an Apple podcast, iTunes, whatever it was, uh, if you like the podcast as much as I like doing the podcast with Sunil, what we would appreciate is you to go on, leave us a comment and rate us five stars. It helps a lot more people find the podcast.